Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And hopefully by the time you are listening to this, we will have about 12 hours, maybe less, until we have Packers football on our TVs that we are able to watch. We have made it through the entire offseason, and we will now get a chance to see our guys in green and gold in San Francisco. And, you know... You know, you might argue that it's just preseason, but that's okay because that means that we are this much closer to the regular season. Perry, how excited are you? So excited. <laughs> Love preseason. No, I mean, preseason has, I think it gets a bad rap. Like everyone's mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, just give us the real stuff. But there there are some legitimate um, importances to preseason. Um, I think we will probably touch on them in this in this episode, I think top of mind for me is second preseason, but year three really of Jordan Love. And he's been ha- getting some pretty positive reviews coming out of camp around his development. And so it's always really nice to see that in game time, even if it is just against second or third stringers potentially, since we know, or at least we knock on wood hope that he will not be playing much in the regular season. Yeah, I love preseason, and maybe that's weird, but I always, like, do my roster predictions, and I did this before I even, like, had a Packers podcast, before I wrote about the the Packers. I've always tried to predict a 53-man roster, like, by myself as, like, this nerdy kid that liked football. So it's always fun for me every year to have, like, a rolling spreadsheet or a rolling Google Doc of, like, who I think is going to make the 53, and then seeing how it changes after each preseason game or if it changes at all. So got the doc ready and we are ready to go for uh, this first game. But let's start with the offense. Perry, you kind of mentioned it already, Jordan Love. We And I guess we talked about this pre-show. We're hoping that Danny Etling doesn't really play at all. Yeah, no, <laughs> not a single snap, please. That would be silly. That would just n- not benefit anyone besides Danny Etling. So sorry, Danny, you're getting the short end of the stick on <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit already, but he had the COVID season. He had the injury last year, so he didn't get to play as much as we would have liked. You know, by all accounts. What about Jordan's uh, interview? I mean, sorry, injury. Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, this is his first, this is his best camp from what we're hearing from, you know, the reporters that are there on the sidelines every day. And year three is really when you start to put it all together. Aaron Rodgers made the comment about how it took him three years behind Brett Favre. So I'm expecting, you know, there will probably be growing pains, as there always are. You know, he's not going to come out and look perfect, but I'm just excited to see Jordan Love play Jordan Love's brand of football because I think we're so used to seeing Aaron Rodgers' brand of football. So even if Jordan Love, you know, throws a couple more picks, I just want to see his brand of quarterbacking. And I think we're going to see a lot of that against. Yeah, I think it's for me, like the way he is interpreted and kind of internalized Matt LaFleur's book and scheme, Mm -hmm. because Matt's comments, I think for me, were the most, I mean, I love hearing Rogers heap praise on him, but hearing the coach say, you know, he's just more decisive. He's more comfortable. He clearly just like knows what he's doing and it's less thinking and more going with 
his instinct, if you will. Like now to me, I'm like, okay, let's put that at game time speed and see, and just see how it goes. Um, Cause this is a critical year for him. And it's a critical year for the Packers front office to decide what they'd like to do with Jordan love. And this is really like th- these three games are his time to say, just like show the world, like this is who I am. This is how much I've developed. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he looks much, much better than last season by like a mile. And I don't mean that simply because that's what reports have been saying out of camp, but it just seems to be that the year three leap is a real thing. Um, And yeah, I just, um, I think it'll be fun to see what he can do. Now, obviously he's not going to really be operating with much of the first string offense. Um, So there, there is always like an asterisk there, but It'll be fun to see him play with some of the younger receivers who, if he theoretically is the next quarterback for Green Bay, like potentially those are the players he would be playing with in like two, three years time. So there is an element there too. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's a good point. And to talk about some of the weapons that he will have, you know, we've heard, obviously he's getting acclimated with Dobbs already. He'll play Amari Rogers. You can imagine he saw a ton of last season on scout team, Juwan Winfrey and love had a really big connection, you know, going into last preseason. So it's it's fun to think about, even like if we look at tight ends, Josiah DeGuara, they were in the same draft class. So there are a lot of guys that Jordan love is going to have kind of at his disposal. And we know, his best friend, A.J. Dillon, is not going to be playing most likely on Friday night, but still a lot of options. And like you said, it's it's going to be fun to see how he operates with his offense with guys that he arguably could have a better relationship with at this point than Aaron Rodgers because these are guys that Rodgers hasn't spent too much time throwing to, but Love has. Exactly. I totally agree. Um, you mentioned them, so why don't we go, go to the wide receivers next? Um, just... Dobbs, Rogers, Amari, Winfrey, Toure, Davis, Hyman, unknown if Malik Taylor is healthy enough, so potentially, but I think <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, everyone's eyes are going to pretty much be on Dobbs and Rogers. Um, of course, the rest of them, you never know, could make a push for a potential last ditch roster spot or, or practice squad, but those two for me, are the ones that I want to see the most. Um, Obviously Dobbs is getting all of the hype. So again, you want to see someone like him in game time speed um, against, you know, non Packers defenders. And then of course, I think everyone's going to have their eye on Amari Rogers's development. Yeah. Peter Schrager actually this morning on good morning football had Romeo Dobbs as his number one player to watch in his top five for this weekend. Like that is the rookie that he is most excited to see. The list was Romeo Dobbs. What? Yep. Uh, Brees Hall is on there. Jordan Love is also on here. He came in at number four. So I guess it's not rookies, just players he's most excited to see. But like George Pickens was on here at number five. So the fact that Romeo Dobbs came in as number one, given all the hype that he's had in camp, you don't want to put unrealistic expectations on a fourth round draft pick, but it really seems like the hype has just built around this young receiver. I think it's just that like the question of who's going to be the number one in the Green Bay offense is still hasn't been answered yet. And everybody, you know, everybody's ears prick up when Aaron Rodgers is giving praise to a rookie rookie wide receiver. Like that just doesn't happen. And so I think that 
people take notice. Um, I've also heard his name thrown around as like late day sleepers that you could potentially get a really nice ROI from in fantasy. So that one doesn't surprise me at all. Obviously it's Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball and like, it seems like he's going to get his reps um, no matter what, but being the number one for Peter Schrager to look at, that's, that's kind of a big deal. He's obviously earned it, right? Like I think the, the hype is there because he's been making plays consistently every single day. They don't, the hype isn't around, you know, nothing, but I do think that the game, and again, like I'm going to go back to game speed. I think a lot is going to really showcase whether somebody blossoms under that environment or if they struggle. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, we've talked about it. I think we talked about it even last week with Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't hype guys up just for the hell of it. Like he's very pointed with the way that he says things. You've got Alan Lazard giving him praise. You've got Randall Cobb, two guys that won't be playing, but will be on the sideline kind of coaching up the young guys. So it's really excited to see him make the most of his opportunity. You mentioned Amari Rodgers already dropped weight. Really curious to see how he does because we're assuming he's going to be primarily in the slot given that's kind of the role that we envisioned him having when he was drafted. So thinking he'll get a pretty significant amount of reps, honestly, because he probably is the most true slot receiver of the young receivers that you listed already that'll be playing yep. on Friday. So probably the two I'm most excited about, and Juwan Winfrey. You know, Aaron Rodgers gave him a shout-out. He's going into another year with the Packers offense, and guys like him and Toure are going to really push the Packers to keep seven receivers on the roster. That would be so crazy. It really would be. Um, running backs, you and I have actually talked about offline a little bit. And I think, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all that Jones and Dylan are not playing. I think that would be silly. Um, it is a shame to me that like guys like Dexter Williams and Patrick Taylor are hurt and can't get these reps because I think those are the two players that would um, make use of them and value them the most. But I am really looking forward to seeing Goodson and Baylor out there. And then, of course, they brought in Dexter Williams, which is a funny little TBT. Yeah, Dexter Williams. I mean, we talked about this when he first got signed, that it really just seems like he knows the scheme really well. He had a presser uh, after practice yesterday, and he basically said, like, this is the team that drafted me. I'm really comfortable here. Matt LaFleur's offense taught me how to be a pro in the NFL, and I took it with me when I went to the Jets and the Browns, and I took it with me at the USFL. So to come back here feels like home for him, and he's excited to be back with his guys in an offensive scheme that he really likes. So I do think he'll be the third guy, especially because, you yeah. know, yes, he's been in the system, but hasn't been as acclimated with the new playbook, but should see a ton out of Baylor and Goodson. And I think what's going to be really interesting is the opportunity that these guys are going to have behind this offensive line, because theoretically we know the starters aren't playing, but this could be the week one offensive line that the Packers yeah. brought out with Aaron Rodgers. You know, we yeah. don't have David Bakhtiari. We don't have Elton Jenkins. So how these guys perform and how the running backs are able to perform with this quote unquote starting offensive line is imperative. I could not agree more. And I think the only starter two starters that you'll have out there it looks like are John Runyon Jr. and Myers. But the rest of the three spots, like it's been all preseason so far, is really up for grabs. So I totally agree. And and those two things really go hand in hand, right? Like how the running backs do is oftentimes like very indicative of how the offensive line is playing. Um, and so the better both are playing, uh, better for, for all, all the players all around. 
Yeah. And I mean, I think it's important too, if we look at like a guy like Josh Myers, because yes, he's the starter and he will be the starting center for the Packers, but he's going into a second season and he only played in six games in 2021. So these reps are just as important for him, arguably, as they would be for a lot of these young guys. I thought it was interesting. Uh, Mike Spofford and Wes Hodkowitz have a podcast for Packers.com called Unscripted. And they said that if David Bakhtiari can't play, their assumption is that Yash Nyman is the starting left tackle. He's earned that opportunity. But if Bakhtiari were to come back and start the season at left tackle, they think Yash is a lock for the right tackle job as well. They really? think that he's played well enough in camp that he's earned the opportunity to be a starter at either tackle spot. And they're just testing out other guys in case, you know, that's Yash is needed at left tackle. But their thought was that he has played well enough to have locked up that right tackle spot, which I thought was really interesting. That is really interesting because you can't just like seamlessly flip tackle positions, right? It's being able to do the same thing. It's basically being ambidextrous is what it is, is being able to do it all on your left side and the same thing on your right side. So that I think that just says a lot about Yash and in terms of his like athleticism and ability to learn like two very, very, very different positions, even though they're, they are along the same offensive line. I think this will be really interesting too for guys, two, two groups of guys, one guys who are like kind of teetering on the fence of whether they're going to be starters, you know what I mean? Like our Royce Newman's and our Jake Hansen's who this isn't their rookie season. And they've had some level of like starter time at some point in the last season because of injury, but they're probably looking to solidify that spot a little bit more than it is right now. And then there's the second camp of the rookies, right? Zach Tom and Rashid Walker and Sean Ryan, who are saying like, okay, where do I fit in on this line? Um, and there is a lot of opening, like we said, because we don't really know what Bach and Elton Jenkins timelines are, but the only two spots right now that are locked up are JRJ and Myers. And I guess, you know, potentially Yash with one of the tackles. So there's a lot of players vying for very few starting positions. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, we talked about this when Lucas Patrick left to go to the bears, there's a lot of those like swing spots up in the air as well. You know, Zach Tom's been getting looks at left and right tackle Jake Hansen getting looks at, you know, interior guard, obviously the left guard spot is locked up rice Newman getting looks at guard and tackle. So that's three players already who might not have starting jobs that will be on the roster as depth pieces. So if you're thinking about it, it's already like eight offensive linemen. So just kind of seeing how that depth ends up shaking out, I think will be really interesting. So any thoughts on, you know, the tight ends before we kind of shift, we touched on the rest of the offense. So quick thoughts on the tight ends before we move over to the defensive side of the ball. Not really. No, I mean, I think Deguara has already shown he has a really nice connection with love. So I am excited to see that. I mean, he had his longest touchdown so far of his career 65 yarder when love was in with the lions so i think it'll be a nice moment for him to have somebody who he trusts and is comfortable with throwing him the ball and and just see because you really 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 hope and i'm almost feeling like the packers maybe are banking on deguara making some kind of development because they didn't draft a tight end and they didn't really bring in anyone like noteworthy not a big name I should say in free agency so they've got to be thinking that they really like what they have in this group so we will see what they have in this group him and him and um Tyler Davis also yeah so let's switch then to the defensive side of the ball I know I was really excited to see the Packers first rounders out on the field but with Devontae Wyatt potentially having a concussion I don't 
think they'll really rush him into this first preseason game. Maybe, maybe not. So it doesn't sound yeah, like I he'll be playing. That. How did he get hurt? No idea. Did I mean, especially if he's wearing one of those uh, padded helmets that the defensive linemen have to wear. Yeah. Not sure. But so we'll see a lot of Quay Walker, though, which is, I think, going to be one of the most exciting parts of seeing this defense on the field, especially against a quarterback like Trey Lance, who is beyond mobile. It's going to be a really good test for this defense. Yes. So do you want to start with DL? You want to start with linebackers? Let's just do, let's do the front seven. Let's just lump them all together. Lump them all together. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it is going to be really just a really interesting test to go up against a 49ers offense. Obviously I don't think Kyle Shanahan is going to be throwing all his creative juices out there in a preseason game. If you will, it's also going to be Trey Lance who's still, early in his career, still like probably learning the playbook, but we know now that Trey Lance is their starter. So this is a really, really, really big game for him. And if he ends up being good, this also could be a matchup that this defense sees again, right? Somewhere down the line in the season. So not for nothing, like this is going to be an interest. It's just interesting to see who shows what this early on in the season. Um, same with Joe Barry, right? I imagine Joe is going to throw out kind of a, very base, simple defense, not like throwing some of his creative ideas (laughs) at Trey. Um, But yeah, I think like even regardless of the starters not playing, um, you're getting to see some reps from people that could make legitimate contributions during the season. I'm thinking TJ Slayton. um, I'm thinking Jonathan Garvin and maybe like Tipa Hamilton. um, there are definitely guys up front that can slide into that third edge spot or the DL is going to rotate. And and these are potentially like future starters against this team. And we know Kyle is a run heavy uh, run first guy, if you will, loves those creative runs. Everyone remembers 2019. (laughs) So it's going to be a test for them for sure. Yeah, I tweeted about it. We've talked about it on the show. Jonathan Garvin is probably one of the players that I'm most excited to see on Friday, and it's because we know he'll be going into the game likely as edge number one. Preston and Gary shouldn't play, likely won't play. You know, hope they don't play the entire preseason. I know Rashawn Gary said he was excited to, you know, put his hands on people, and I get that. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll do that against the, against the Saints at joint practice next week. Sure. But Jonathan Garvin had like a quietly – successful year last year and I think we forgot about it because you know Z was out and then Whitney Merciless came in for four games and got hurt but you know he played in all six or I guess not all at this point because there were 17 games last year but played (laughs) 16 games for the Packers with one start had five hurries four quarterback knockdowns one and a half sacks 11 pressures played 39 percent of defensive snaps so I feel like if those numbers go up a little bit that's what you'd want from that kind of third edge rusher. You'd hope that his sack numbers get home a little bit. But, you know, we you talked about Joe Barry and what his different front personnels have looked like. Um, we saw him utilize a four-man defensive front with four defensive linemen, which is crazy to think about. So he's going to have some opportunities. And I know TJ Slayton probably isn't, like, penciled in as a starter because you've got Clark and Lowry and Wyatt when he comes back healthy and Jaron Reed as your big four, but there's a lot of like backup, you know, reps up for grabs along that defensive line. TJ Slayton is probably the only guy I would think is like a roster lock. You've got Jack Heflin, you've got Jonathan Ford, who the Packers just drafted. We know they don't like to move on from draft picks. So going to be a lot of competition there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the depth, uh, like 
when you look at the Packers defense on paper, look at the starters, they're stacked, but the depth is still a question mark, which is fair, right? Depth is what it is depth. Otherwise they'd be starters somewhere else. So I think there is, like I said, these are the games where you're getting guys out there. Like you said, Jonathan Garv is going to be edge one and see what he can do when he's thrust into a role like that. You know, now that I'm thinking about it more, I do think it is going to be interesting to see them go up against likely the 49ers first stringers, at least for a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not Debo or some, some players like that, but this is going to be, I think majority the starting offense for the 49ers. So it's going to be an extra, like really awesome opportunity. Um, and you and I have been saying, like, I think all off season, like Jonathan Garvin just feels like the guy who's going to take that edge three spot. I know there were a lot of questions about, he wasn't there for some parts of like optional uh, off-season workouts and he missed maybe like the first day of of mandatory preseason but so far he's kind of picked up where he left off last season for sure yeah and I think that's a really good point too about the 49ers offense and what they trot out because obviously as the Packers saw last season it was a Jimmy G-led offense and yes Trey Lance has had a ton of reps he'll have most of training camp but you know he's not the kind of starter that Aaron Rodgers is that has accrued 18 NFL seasons and can sit you need Trey Lance to get in there and get acclimated with the offense and it doesn't really do him any good if he's running the Kyle Shanahan offense with wide receivers that will make the roster so as much as we think like why would George Kittle play you know maybe he's not the guy that plays maybe it's their backup tight end but still I mean I think it's a really good point that this is a really good test for the Packers defense, which won't have many starters on it to go against an offense that at least for a couple series will be yes. the guys. I was just going to say at least like maybe the first couple series stretching it. I think like if Debo and Kittle play, it won't be longer than that. But besides that, like at least the first quarter and the whole game Trey will play, I'm assuming. Um but I, I want to talk about linebackers because you said something really interesting before that I want to touch on, which is like Barry kind of playing around with different fronts. And I think, I mean, my hope really is that they drafted a guy like Quay Walker um, who can be used on the field at all times, no matter how many guys are up front. So I'm thinking like if you, like, I don't know, want to send Quay rush the passer like I think that's something that he can do and also maybe drop into coverage so I just have heard so much about how he looks like your quintessential NFL player you know I mean he moves like when he's so big he's so athletic so it's going to be really fun to see him on the field against an actual offense and I know Devontae Campbell isn't going to play it'll be him and Chris Barnes but Chris Barnes was a starter last year too so it's going to be like two starters on the field um, for a significant amount of time. And it'll be nice to see them kind of play off each other. Yeah. I mean, I think um, Packers fans are maybe a little bit spoiled when we saw Devondre Campbell, because we weren't used to seeing that kind of speed and like that ability to get downhill that quickly at an inside linebacker, especially, you know, in green Bay. So the fact that we'll arguably have two of them, maybe three, if you throw in Chris Barnes as somebody that's athletic, that's one of the things, yeah, I'm really excited about, whether it's end-arounds. You know, we I don't know if Debo will play, but knowing how creative the offense is with Kyle right. Shanahan and the speed that they have on that offense, really excited to see, like you said, especially Quay Walker, who was obviously the Packers' first first-round pick. The investment is significant. He'll have five years. Devondre Campbell has five years. Inside linebacker is Joe Barry's bread and butter. So the fact that he has two guys who can basically do it all, whether it is, you know, come down into the box, 
hang out towards the the defensive line and then get after the quarterback or if they go sideline to sideline with tight ends like in coverage I, it's exciting to think about you know the packages that he can kind of dial up hey quay go hang out with d-line for a sec <laughs> just drop <laughs> just drop down just drop down yeah i agree i mean again i i don't love putting too much um too high expectations on rookies but i actually don't think that these are necessarily high expectations for quay i think he was drafted with the intent to do all of these things that Joe Barry wants to do. And um, I know at least from the amount my dad talks about the Georgia defense that he did it right at a very, very, very high collegiate level and won a championship. So I'm just, I can't wait to see him out there in his, you know, Packers Jersey and, and see him go up against. Yeah. First string offense. Yeah. So right, now we get to go to my, I was going to say, well, let's shift to your favorite. Let's talk about the secondary. Yeah. Yay. Um, well, obviously, safety three is still like a who knows what. Um, so, yeah, huge opportunity, right, for guys like Davis and Vernon Scott and Tariq Carpenter, who was just drafted, who I know you and I are really excited about. Um, Nixon, Shamar John Charles, too. Like, I've heard some really fun things coming out of camp with him lining up with the ones, same with, with Rico Gafford. So, lot of opportunity here especially like we said you're going up against the ones with the 49ers I don't know how much they're going to have Trey throw they should have Trey throw as much as possible because this means nothing but at the same time like just really really good opportunity to go up against um, a very good team and to kind of show like who's going to fill in CB4 and who's going to fill in safety three like those are legitimate roster spots that need to get filled and who are going to like probably have some pretty legitimate playing time too. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to say that there's like, and it's not like a point of contention or anything because I don't really believe that to be the case. But if you are a guy like Shamar John Charles and you think that you're in line for like some significant nickel reps, let's say, and then yeah. this off season, Rich Passaccia comes in and he's like, I'm going to bring in my guys. I've got Keyshawn Nixon who's coming. I've got Rico Gafford coming in. You know, there's probably a part of you that's like, no, I need to prove that I can play too. And, you know, whether it's on teams or whether it's in the secondary, like there's a lot of competition, I think, between, you know, the old guard of the guys that were already on the Packers and the new guard that Rich brought in to say like, hey, yeah, these guys are probably going to contribute on special teams, but they also can play plenty of defense. So not that it is like a competition to that extent where there's like, you know, any hard feelings about that. But I think there is that added level of like, who are the Packers going to prioritize in the secondary? Is it going to be the guys that have the familiarity on special teams or will it be guys like Vernon Scott, who the Packers obviously stuck by are really high on. He'll have plenty of opportunities to be safety three. And you can imagine with safety three will come a lot of special teams looks. So how they kind of make the decision for who's going to fill in those spots, you know, whoever it is has to play special teams. So that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, well, I think you make a really good point, too, because, like, this game is also going to have special teams play, right? So you're going to get your reps on defense, and then you're going to get your reps at special teams. And if you can put together a really nice package in both phases, then you're making a much better argument for yourself for making the 53. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have more? I know you have more thoughts on the secondary before we switch to special teams, so. 
I don't. I mean, I do wish that the starters were going to play like a, just a teensy little bit. Just a tease. Simply for my viewer pleasure. <laughs> and also, you know, it's been a while since Jair played, but I'm not surprised that they're not. Um, especially like after what happened with Savage at family night, I can imagine they're being like very, very, very cautious, but, um, I'm excited to see these guys. I mean, I am, I, I think there's the depth behind the five starters is a really thin Mm -hmm. and there's been flashes here and there, but you got to find someone who can like kind of put it all together. Um, so We'll see who that is. But they have a lot of options. Like you said, Rich Pisaccia brought guys in. They have tons of options. So it's just about who makes the most out of their moments. And um, I think special teams is going to be a big one. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it is going to be interesting to see if there's a difference on special teams, right? Like is who's going to be at punt return? Who's going to be at kick return? Who's going to be up there, you know, blocking, for whoever's kicking because I imagine Mason Crosby is not playing it just all of it being put together and if there's any like I don't know the way I'm trying to frame this but you know when there's any palpable difference thank you like it's more about like the way they go about it right Mm -hmm. like if they're going into special teams with this kind of like dog mentality or if they're the Packers of old who just are trying not to get hurt and don't really care yeah so I love, I mean, Rich Versace came in and said, like, we're calling it WeFence. Like, it's not special teams, it's WeFence. Like, because you need all 11 of your guys. And yeah. there's a new punter, obviously. We'll see Pat O'Donnell, I'd imagine, at some point, unless it's like a barn burner of a game and the Packers offense with Jordan Love puts up, like, 57 points, <laughs> which would be great. But you're right, Mason Crosby's on the pup list. So Gabe Burs- Burkich is their um, backup kicker. He's had an, an on and off kind of camp. I mean, based on his numbers, he's probably about 50-50, maybe, maybe a couple more hits than misses. But we know Mason Crosby is doing everything he can to get ready for the season. Um, really stupid observation, but there's only one long snapper on the roster now. There were two. It was Steve Wordle, the incumbent, and then Jack Coco. And Jack Coco is the only one left. So I'm really curious if the Packers you know, will like what they see in him or if they'll move on from him because long snapper has weirdly been like one of the most difficult positions for the Packers to find reliability at. It seems like something's always going wrong in that phase. So, you know, beyond those three, really excited, like you said, to, to think about who's going to get looks at punt return and kick return because that, if if it ends up being a guy like Rico Gafford and not like Amari Rogers, that's about the surest way for him to lock up a roster spot in that secondary. Yep. I totally agree. Cool. Well, we did it. We made it through. I'm excited. back, baby. I know there's really nothing else to say, right? Like we're going to sit in front of the TV and watch the game. And some of us are going to drink beer and some of us are going to drink Heineken (laughs) 0.0. And we're going to enjoy having the Packers depth start in front of us and just having football back on the TV. So definitely that is for sure. (laughs) But this has been the Packs What She Said podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. You can find us on YouTube and Twitch and Instagram at Packs What She Said. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go.